Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The Leach Report Radio Network. Presents Stockyards Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk. To interact with the show, call us at 859 280 2287. That's 859 280 CATS. Welcome back to Stockyards Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk, live from the Clark's Main Street Market, across the street from Rupp Arena in downtown Lexington. Return, refresh, and refuel at Clark's. Our Sunday Morning Sports Talk is also presented by Country Boy Brewing. I am Jack Pilgrim of Kentucky Sports Radio here in person with Anthony White on the phone with Larry Vaught. Also joining us, very happy to have new Kentucky offensive coordinator, Rich Scangarello. Coach, thank you for coming on with us. I appreciate you having me on. Well, it is your first spring in Lexington. Just uh, how are things going over at the Joe Craft Football Training Facility? Uh, it's going pretty good so far. Um, like you know, like where we're headed, and uh, how we did a nice job yesterday as an offense. You know, the first group was first time going alone. You know, with coaches on the sideline and substituting. I thought we did a nice job. I mean, we're, uh, always nice when you got a quarterback that's a veteran to lead things, and uh, I feel like it's coming together pretty quick. Well, there's been a lot of talk about, you know, Will Levis and his growth and just the importance of having him back this season, the continuity there. Uh, just you know, kind of seeing film last season, who he was as a player, just kind of what, what kind of growth have you seen from him from uh, what the last time Kentucky fans got the chance to see him through uh, what, what you've gotten since uh, you've gotten to get your hands on him? Yeah, I think, I mean, <clears throat> like any quarterback, the, the more you play the game, the more it slows down, the more confidence you get, the experiences of, you know, seeing different things, defenses, different styles of defenses, uh, situations. I think mean, once you kind of get exposed to more of that, you get more comfortable, you get more confidence. Um, that and gelling with your players and getting a feel with the guys around you, I think all that gives Will a foundation, which you need as a quarterback to take the next step, and um, I have no doubt he'll do that. You know, the spring hey, is hey, – uh, go, go for it. Rich, this is Larry. We've heard you talk a lot about Will, which makes sense, but there's also some other other quarterbacks in the room. I I was just wondering, now that you've been here a little bit, what what do you think of the other guys that you've got behind Will? I've been uh, impressed with their football IQ. It's it's kind of an interesting group. They're all a little bit different, their styles of play. Um, They... uh, you know, they're in a competition to show that they can either be the next guy or be the backup or, um, you know, it's when you're not, when you're not running with that first huddle sometimes, it's all, you know, you have the opportunity to bring others along, younger players, and when you can showcase that you can distribute the ball to some of these guys and move the ball and be consistent even when things aren't perfect because um, you've got some young guys in there, I think that the, it allows you to kind of show what you're made of. And uh, I think they've all done a good job. They've all had moments 
where they've shown they're capable of doing that. And, um, you know, the more we play, the more practices we have, these, you know, these next uh, nine practices will have a big impact on, uh, on their growth. Um, we'll see where we're at. But I like where they're at. I like all of them. I like their personalities, and I think that uh, they're good guys. Coach, the, so the spring – I was going to make so. Do you hope to come out of this spring practice with a clear idea of who your number two quarterback is, or does that carry over to preseason games? Yeah, I mean, um, that's a good question. I mean, I can't tell you for certain. You'd love to say that you have a, a pretty good idea where you're at, which we should. But it's always a competition. It's always evolving in the summer and that leading up into coming back. Um, to go to fall camp, all that, uh, all that time is big in a quarterback's growth as well. And sometimes you see real strides when a guy can get away, absorb what he's been taught, and then you go back and you teach it again, um, and they get it again, and all of a sudden they make some big, big jumps forward with confidence in the way they play the game. And uh, as young guys, there's going to be growth, and you're going to see the, that, those steps. And I think that uh, that may – that's why it's not settled at any point right up until you uh, get close to the season. Coach, the spring is, is obviously a time where you kind of get an, an early look at, uh, you know, kind of early impressions, guys who may be making uh, a long-term impact in the, in the fall, uh, maybe players that, that weren't kind of high-profile guys the year before. Are, are there any early standouts, guys, that you've seen uh, early on in, in spring that have maybe stood out to you that, that maybe weren't? Uh, significant playmakers in the offense last season who you think could emerge uh, in the fall? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a combination of, of groups of players. Um, you know, you have a very young wide receiver room, um, but there's great maturity, and I think there's a, there's a good balance of traits. you got big guys, fast guys, um, and guys who started to get comfortable and showcase themselves a little bit. I thought uh, – Chris Lewis, I thought, had a really good practice the other day, and those are things I expected out of him, just his body type and his, his football IQ and stuff like that. But um, but I've, I honestly, the tight end room has been very impressive. Um, I like those the group. I like the way they work. I like their um, their football intelligence. I like their athleticism. They're complementary, and to do the kinds of things we want to do, that group's an important group. Um, and I'm really excited about it, and you know. And as we uh, continue to grow and learn it, I think that there's uh, quite a few guys that are contributing there. And um, you know, there's some younger guys, which is exciting because they're going to grow too as well um, as they learn the offense. So I'm, uh, that group uh, has really uh, stood out, you know, as a group that can really have an impact uh, on our offense. Hey, Coach, I, I know locally here a lot of people ask me, uh, which everything is pretty tight under Coach Stoops, so we don't know, and I know you fairly new. Is Dakel Crowdis, is he full goals? He, is he uh, fully contributing now, or is, he, or is there any hangover from his injury last year? Uh, he, no, he's he's got some legitimate speed, you know, and it showed up at times in practice. Uh, you know, it's uh, unfortunate that he was hurt last year. I think he was – I think um, – my understanding from the guys that were here, you know, he was starting to really come on. Um, but anytime you come back from something like that, it takes a little bit of time to find yourself. Um, and uh, But, you know, when you have legitimate speed and quickness like he has, there's always a place for that. So, um, he's, you know, like everybody, he's learning. And I'm learning about the guys and what they're capable of, what they can do, and, 
my, you know, our job to put those guys in the right situation so that they can, uh, you know, use their talents that they have. Obviously, the, the hiring process was an interesting one. You know, Mark Stoops kind of uh, said that it was clear that you wanted to be here and that this was an opportunity that you were excited about, and, and the conversations were, uh, you know, pretty quick, and, and, and both sides made it clear that it was something that, that the other was very interested in, and uh, it kind of came together quickly, said that it was a seamless transition. Everybody uh, talks about the pro connection and, and uh, what Liam brought to this offense last season and the continuity there. Just uh, now that you're here, now that you're, you're a couple weeks in and, and you know, spring is, is full go, uh, just how, do you, how seamless has that transition been uh, you know, going from Liam's offense to yours? I know that was kind of a, a big talking point when uh, the hiring was made, but just, just now a couple weeks now after the fact. Yeah, I mean, it, was, it happened very quickly, um, but I was fortunate to keep, you know, verbiage and things that um that i thought would still fit from liam's offense because um, there is some some parallels to the style of play um so that I, that was able to help the kids but that required me adapting to learn their stuff too so um there's been there's been obviously there's a there's some learning that goes on with that but um getting here and then having the week off with spring break so i could get caught up and then having them come back this week um helped me um, get going, but I, I will say that uh, you know, Coach Stoops does a great job. He hired, he has a very good staff, and that I walked into, and um, they've really done a nice job um, working with me and me getting to know them. And I think that uh, that always makes it easier. Uh, that that part of it um, excites me, and and uh, I think that that can help us be a you know a, good, a really good offense. You know, just just the group of coaches we have. Rich, are you maybe are there are there some different ways that you may use Chris Rodriguez this year from what he's been used in the past, and just what do you think of Chris? I think uh, Chris is a very talented back. Um, he is uh, he's got the mental and physical makeup you need to be a big time back in this league. Um, I think his ability to catch the football maybe be a little underrated. I mean, he's I didn't didn't probably understand how good of a route runner and feel he had for catching the football. Um, and in our offense, you know, utilizing the backs is important. Um, and when you have a quarterback, they can progress and distribute it. And you can do different things um, with guys in space. Um, you got to use them. And I think that that's where uh, I'm excited about his abilities. And it, you, know, you can always give the guy who's a natural runner with some toughness and uh, some explosiveness to the ball, but how else can you find ways to include him and get him going? And I think we're going to find some of those ways. Coach, your relationship with Zach Yenzer has been thoroughly discussed and, and uh, one that as soon as you got hired, it was one that everybody talked about, that connection between the quarterback and the offensive line. Uh, just how has that continuity been between you two, you know, bringing what you guys had in San Francisco to uh, Lexington, just, just the, the chemistry those two uh, positions have had with you guys uh, both being here? You know, it is is such a critical uh, coaching position on any staff, and Without someone uh, that, quite honestly, I wouldn't um, probably ever take an offensive coordinator job where I wasn't uh, connected to the line coach or someone I had a relationship with or respected highly that um, that could get things going the way you need to get going. And um, and so that one piece of the puzzle was a very important piece in a in a 
but a very um, promising piece when I was offered the opportunity to put this together because it just it, it made the transition so much easier. And without it, I don't know that I would have been able to do it. He's a heck of a coach, and his his players are going to play well for him. And you know, they had already built a real good room here, and that line room has some real character, some really talented guys, um, some good pieces that fit what we want to do. And you know, I think that now we can do this together because we understand how we're thinking and get those guys going too. And each day we're getting better and better. Going from the, the pro, the pros to college, you got to put on your recruiting hat now and, and hit the trail. Uh, just kind of, how has that been putting on that hat and uh, uh, how, how just is recruiting going in general? Uh, you know, any uh, good news potentially Kentucky could be stumbling onto anytime soon. You know, I, I just think uh, coach Moreau does a great job and, and he had, I mean, we have a good balance of young guys. They have good players that were committed coming in that they signed last season. Um, I think that, uh, you know, that's the exciting part. We have, we have a really good nucleus. There's been great continuity coach because he has a culture of guys. That, uh, I think they want to be here, um, how we coach them, how we treat them, the type of place that Lexington is, what UK is all about, the football program where it's trending. I think it attracts the right types of people. And when you're recruiting and you're going to recruit uh, talented players, but guys that have character, that want to win, that are competitive, I think you're less likely to have a transition, guys wanting to bolt your program. And I think ultimately it makes recruiting easier. And when guys walk in the building, you know, we're not selling. We're genuinely, and I've felt it the last three weeks, you're just laying out what we're all about. And if you see it for what it is, you're going to want to be a part of it. And I think that that's the feeling I get. And I, when it's that way, recruiting to me is easy. You know, when you're trying to BS people, that's not the way to go about it. But when you can lay it out honestly and you believe it and the guys feel it, I think that's the fun part of recruiting. And that part, I enjoy. So it's, uh, it's been good so far. Well, Rich, that is awesome stuff. We really appreciate you coming on. And uh, uh, good luck the rest of the spring. I appreciate it. Thanks for your time. Thank you. That wraps up this segment. You're listening to Stockyards Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk on 630 WLAP. This is the home of the Wildcats. 630 WLAP. Welcome back to Stockyards Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk. Live from the Clark's Main Street Market across the street from Rupp Arena in downtown Lexington. Return, refresh, and refuel at Clark's. This hour of Sunday Morning Sports Talk is also presented by Country Boy Brewing. Give us a call, 859-280-2287. Just had uh, Kentucky Offensive Coordinator Rich Scangarello on to talk about the spring and a whole bunch of good stuff, Anthony. It was a very insightful conversation about uh, you know early standouts and, and position groups that he uh, was very impressed with. He, he mentioned Chris Lewis as uh, an early standout at the wide receiver position, which I think will be music to Kentucky fans' ears, but also pointed out that the tight end room is among the most uh, impressive, and I know that's something that uh, Kentucky fans have wanted for a while to see that, that tight end room you know start to find its footing and get some real production out of. So uh, all, all in all, very, very uh, impressive stuff there from Coach. Yeah, he, he's, ha- he's talking the right talk. He's saying all the right things, and I, I agree with him. I think that's the case. But you did hit on the two biggest things uh, that I think on this show and our fan base wants to know. Who's going to be the backup quarterback, and, who's, and are the tight ends going to catch the ball? Those two things I really don't care about. <laughs> but, uh, but, he, he, but he did address some of those things. I, and 
I get mixed feelings or mixed reports on DeKel Crowdis. I watched him play in middle school. I watched him play in high school. I think he's a tremendous talent, and I like that he said he's going to get him the ball in different ways. Or I guess anybody with that much athleticism are going to find a way to get him onto the field. So I'm truly I'm trying to figure out if that's truly they plan on using him or are they just saying all the right things. That's kind of why I ask, and I know people locally always ask me, so is DeKel practicing yet? Is he, is he the real deal? And I think we're going to get a chance to find out. Well, it's been a, a long, uh, you know, hour and a half ish of, of interviews and, and analysis and all that stuff. I promise we're going to get to these calls and uh, uh, give us a call eight five nine two eight zero two two eight seven. We do want to hear from you, so apologize for taking this long, but we do have uh, callers starting to roll in. Let's start with Bryn. Hey, Jack. Thanks for taking my call. I just wanted to ask you, Larry and Anthony. Say, say a Mitch Barnhart called you up and he wanted your advice on the coaching situation at Kentucky. And he asked you, he said, I have a chance to get Brad Stevens or move on with Coach Cal. Could each of you tell me what you would say to Mitch Barnhart if he asked you those things? And then, then my second question is, how much – does Coach Cal's buyout have to get down to that you think Kentucky would end up writing a check to buy him out? Is it $15 million, $10 million? What do you think that number is? Thank you very much. Have a good day. Well, Bryn, a lot of uh, very serious things there, Think you know, kind of long-term uh, things that would change this program forever. And, Anthony, uh, as you guys may have heard uh, several weeks back on this show, uh, I am a big Boston Celtics fan. So when the idea of hiring Brad Stevens comes about, you know where I stand on that one. I think that he would be absolutely brilliant at Kentucky. Uh, The thing is, he is in the the perfect situation in Boston. He is a GM now, uh, doesn't have to call plays, doesn't have to do the ins and outs of the day-to-day practice stuff. He just has to field phone calls, build a team, you know, worry about trades and free agency and all that stuff. He has a, a phenomenal position. I am all in on on Brad Stevens, but I, 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 Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, Cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. I'm a little biased, but uh, Anthony, I do want to get your thoughts. What do you, what do you think of uh, that potential trade? Or I guess it wouldn't be a trade, just a, uh, an add-on. I like Brad. I mean, I like I like Jay Wright. There's a lot of people I like, but the, the reality of it is, I'm curious to hear what Larry's going to say. The reality of it is, no matter what you think about him, no matter what we said on this show, Cal has earned the right to step away. I respect him the same as I respect uh, Steve Spurrier. When he has the right to walk away 
from coaching and this university, the one who wants to, oh, the life, how do you feel about the lifetime contract? I can't speculate if we were going to know. Buying model is not the question. But if, he, if I were to ask me, my business mind tells me, the Barnhart, I need to see a SWOT analysis. I need to see a blueprint of what you plan on doing next year. Here are the problems we had this year. I want to have it in writing and paper how you is a performance, a, a performance, a plan, what I would put them on. And if these things don't happen, now you're under a contractual uh, scrutiny or something. But, no, I, I don't think that's fair for everything he's done for the university, how long he's been coaching. Yeah, does he have a lot of flaws? He has a ton of flaws. But as if I, but if you want to remain here, you have to let us know what you're going to do about them. Yeah, I, I'd completely agree. I'm, I am. After everything Cal has done for this program and the success and built, I mean, look, as as difficult as this season ended and as difficult as last season was from start to finish, he has absolutely earned the the right to leave under his own accord. But I do think it's a, a serious conversation of what would happen next and all that. And we'll talk about that after the break. I also want to get Larry's thoughts on that buyout question because it is uh, at least something to acknowledge and, and consider. So let's uh, hit this break quickly. You're listening to Stockyards Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk on 630 WLAP. This is Stockyards Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk. Presented by the Leach Report Radio Network on 630 WLAP. Welcome back to Stockyards Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk live from the Clark's Main Street Market across the street from Rupp Arena in downtown Lexington. Return, refresh, and refuel at Clark's. This hour of Sunday Morning Sports Talk is also presented by Country Boy Brewing. Give us a call 859-280-2287. I am Jack Pilgrim here with Larry Vaught and Anthony White. We just had Bryn on. Uh, asked two very difficult questions, guys. Uh, one was uh, the Brad Stevens talk. If, if, if Brad Stevens came calling and said, would – uh, would you take me? What would you do with Cal? Would you fire him? Would you uh, give him a nice thank you for everything severance package or uh, promote him to be promoter of the program and give him a couple million dollars a year, whatever the heck dynamic there is. I know that was part of his lifetime contract that whenever his time at Kentucky did end, that he would stick around as some uh, like promoter connoisseur of the program, whatever it was kind of face so he could still be the face of the program while not actually being on the sidelines coaching. But uh, Larry, I wanted to get your thoughts on a, the Brad Stevens talk, what you would think if, if Brad came calling and, and uh, how, if you were in Mark, Mitch Barnhart's shoes, what you would do and, and B, uh, what the buyout would have to be for Mitch to think pretty hard about it. I know Bryn brought up that $15 million range, $12 million. If it got that low, is that a conversation that Mitch would have, or do you think that uh, Coach is here for the long haul? Oh, I, I think he's here for the long haul. Maybe I don't understand finances enough to get a good answer on this, but I think Mitch is a pretty bottom-line-oriented guy, and to pay Calipari 15 or $20 million not to coach, I can't ever see Mitch doing that unless there's much more significant problems than this year. Because, again, remember, in mid-February, we were all talking about Kentucky winning a national championship, and we all thought they were the favorite. Mm-hmm. So I think you don't want to just overreact to what happened in a couple of weeks. It was, yes, it was, not, it was not good, but I don't think Mitch is getting ready to pull the plug unless the program just bottoms out, and I don't see that happening. I'm kind of like Anthony. I think you kind of give the guy a chance to see if he could fix and figure out what's going on. Because, in, in fairness, we thought he had fixed and had figured out what was going on. We said he needed experience. He got experience. That he needed shooters. He got shooters. Mm-hmm. And for, like they say, up until mid-February, 
It looked like the guy was a genius and had done everything. He changed his staff. It looked like he'd done everything that needed doing. And then I don't know whether John reverted back, whether the team just hit a lull. I don't know. But I think next season is going to be very, very interesting. I think we will find out. It'll a lot may depend on what Oscar does with the transfer portal. You never know what the roster is going to look like, so it's really hard to even speculate about next year. But I, and again, with Brad Stevens, he's a good coach, good person. But I don't know just because he would jump in that that would suddenly elevate your program any more than where it is right now already. Because every successful coach usually hits a few lulls and they either adjust and get back on top or they just kind of ride it out. So let's hope that Cal, Calipari's got to be one that will adjust and get things back going. Yeah, and make it very clear, like, I, I, I'm i not saying that's a move that uh, that needs to be made or anything like that. I was just playing the uh, hypotheticals that, that Bryn tossed out and just saying if you were in Mitch's shoes and all that. I, I completely agree. I, I think that uh, through March or through February, as Larry said, I, I do think that everybody thought this was a title team. I still thought, think this team could have won a title if they had gotten past that, you know, if they had – made one more free throw at the end of regulation and won that game, I think they could have still hit reset and said, look, this wasn't acceptable. We have to, you know, figure this out. The defensive issues that we saw to close out the regular season and going into the SEC tournament, those were serious issues that uh, weren't just uh, just because of injury and just weren't because of, uh, you, you know, coasting at the end of the games, letting off the gas, things like that. I think there were serious issues that had they gotten past St. Peter's, I think they would have took a long, hard look in the mirror and said, we got to get this stuff worked out by the Sweet 16. We got to, you know, hopefully get past Murray State, and then we'll we'll get it right by the Sweet 16 that first week. So uh, I, I definitely don't think you just hit reset on the program, but I do think that it's still fair to acknowledge that change is necessary and, and things like that. Let's uh, keep going through uh, these callers. We have Larry on the line. Hey guys, you know, today it's a good morning, but I'm kind of nauseated this morning just the thought of Duke winning it. Oh my God. I just that's how bad I despise them. I guess because they still are glory. I'll be honest with you. But you know, I, I'll touch on the women's program a little bit before I get to the men's. You know, Coach Elsie, she's kind of back into a corner. I don't know what happened there. Which I maybe you no, know, she's probably doing the right thing. Maybe these kids are not doing what she wants. But I will tell her, as a girl in Missouri, their best shooter. I've seen that kid, if it's a kid, I'm thinking about. Or after that kid, she can flat shoot and play. But as far as the the men, you know. Scotty Pittman Jr., take him any day. I don't know what Shaden Sharper do. If he wants to leave, that's fine. I know what Scotty Pittman Jr. is. I watched this kid all year, and I, I told my wife, I said, man, I'd love to have this kid. He wanted to play for Cal, and Cal, I don't know whether he snubbed him or just didn't thought he's good enough, you know. But this kid knows how to play. He's, he's The guy is fearless. I mean, he knows how he can play at every position. I'll take him in a second right now. I hope we get this kid. But, you know, as far as Cal, you know, the problem with Cal is, I think Cal's fell in love with himself. He got all these big contracts and stuff. And, you know, when he made the remark at the SEC tournament, well, you know, I'm going to go home and play with my dogs. You know, I didn't really want to be here anyway. You know, these people that spent all this dang gone money, I sat there and said the same thing. It made me mad. I said, Cal, what is it about the fans? We don't mean nothing to you no more. And that's, I think that's why a lot of people are mad. There's a lot of fans out there that the University of Kentucky doesn't count for anything anymore. Does our fans count for more? You know, you gave up the all-time wins. You know, I mean, I can go on and on, and a lot of these fans are, are so aggravated with Cal. You know, Cal, you hired all these coaches. Their assistant coaches make more than this head coach. 
I really like this guy. For you know, I hope he gets a good job or St. Peter's. I really admire the guy. I mean, he can run. He runs plays. He butts bike cuts. He, I mean, the guy knows how to X and O. He don't wait around and screw around and let the clock run out. You know, and I, I you know, fans see this stuff. He may knows basketball. You know, we play not to win. You know, we got all this talent, supposedly and stuff. But Cal, I don't know what you're going to do, but you better hit this reset button. I pray that. that Cheapway comes back. I mean, I love that guy. I hope he comes back. He, that kid plays for the university, plays for the heart. And, you know, we need more kids like him. But but Calipari, you know, I don't know what it's going to take to get everybody back in his graces. I mean, I'm still behind him, but I, I'm, I'm to the point now that, come on, Cal, it ain't about you. It ain't, it's about the university and it's about also the players, but it's also about the fans too. You know, we're, they're forgot about. That's just the way I feel, guys, you know. So anyway, I'll let y'all go. I just—it's just a lot of stress here. A lot of fans feel the same way. Yeah, Larry, I, I appreciate the call. I know uh, it, you are uh, venting and, and saying a lot of things that I think a lot of fans are feeling. And, and uh, other Larry, our, our co-host Larry, I want to address and bring up an article that was actually just posted on your website called "Will John Calipari Will John Calipari Be Able to Win Back the Kentucky Fan Base?" And, Larry, I, I want to get your, your take on that because I think uh, Caller Larry, I think the uh, gripes that he has and the frustrations that he has, uh, it's something that I think a, a lot of people in Big Blue Nation, are they're feeling that same sentiment. And, and I'm curious what your take is on that. Do you think that they'll be able to get over that at some point? Do you know what it would take for them to get over that? Uh, I, I know it's a, a very difficult uh, situation that, that Cal is in right now. Well, what it takes, it takes winning, Jack. <laughs> it usually helps take care of, of, of everything. But, yeah, I think that there's a lot that maybe feels slimmer, similar to Larry. There's a lot that still are fully all in with John Calipari, but there's more than I can remember in a long, long time not being all in with a coach. And part of it's disappointment, part of it's frustration, part of it's feeling like that John doesn't understand the fan base, that he sometimes talks down to the fan base and all like that. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of frustration. The way they lost the last two games, that adds to it. So I think John probably just needs not to say a whole lot this summer, go about his business, do a little soul-searching on his end, decide what he's going to do, put a roster together, and then come back out at the start of next season and show fans that he's maybe willing to make a few changes and with some things like what Sean was talking about earlier with the offense do some things like that oh very tough predicament uh callers keep rolling in let's go uh with dalton hey good morning how y'all doing good how are you i'm doing all right um so i I had a couple points but uh now that other subjects have come up i'll uh i'll touch on what uh what larry just said about uh cal not caring or um maybe not uh not making the adjustments he needed to make in these last few games. Uh, you know, his favorite thing to do on the post game show is uh, he talks with Tom. You know, and right there on on the floor said, "Oh, you know, I, I did this or I put that guy in." And uh, you watch basketball, Tom. You probably know what I did. <laughs> talking down to the fans, all the basketball bennies don't know what we're talking about. Cal, do you know what a backdoor cut is or how to adjust to his own? Um, might be some things to look. And I I didn't know it was in his lifetime contract if we hired somebody else and he could be a promoter or, or something on the staff. I, I don't see 
Cal stopping coaching to become a uh, a publicist or a uh, a PR guy playing second fiddle to somebody. Um, and I, I think that talks crazy because you know the lifetime contract we're not going to pay fifty two million to see what can be with somebody else. But uh, if that does come up, when your thoughts about Mike Bray? I'm sure there's other people out there, but I remember watching him go to the tournament five or six years ago and just watching his in-game adjustments and, and halftime changes. I, I really liked what he can do. I don't know if he can recruit on a level that brings players here, but I, I like his X's and O's at least. Yeah, Dalton, I appreciate the call. Yeah, the, the reason we brought up the promoter, you know, brand guy or whatever is because that, that is what is written in his contract. That's that's what he has signed on to be after his time at Kentucky ends as a as a head coach. So it would more so be expediting that process uh, and having him retire early as opposed to waiting out the entirety of that. I think it was a 10-year contract that he signed when he did, uh, and then he would go on to be the promoter or whatever, the, you know, the brand guy of this program. So I, I think that's kind of the uh, – frustration that Larry shared it'd be more so a uh, you know do we you know move up that process get it rolling and, and so he can start being that but yeah I agree I, I don't think that he's uh, if he's going to be at Kentucky and the role that he has I think it's going to be as a head coach because you know I think his ego would not allow somebody else to come in and kind of step on his heels and be that guy it would definitely be when when his time is done his time will be done uh, we are coming up on our next break. Let's go on and hit that. You're listening to Stockyards Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk on 630 WLAP. This is the home of the Wildcats. 630 WLAP. Welcome back to Stockyards Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk. Live from the Clark's Main Street Market across the street from Rupp Arena in downtown Lexington. Return, refresh, and refuel. At Clark's this hour, Sunday Morning Sports Talk is presented by Country Boy Brewing. Give us a call, 859-280-2287. I am Jack Pilgrim here with Anthony White on the phone with Larry. Uh, caller Larry uh, brought up the uh, Duke loss or the Duke win in the, uh, their Final Four run and, the, and how nauseated he is with all of that. i got to admit, the, uh, the storybook ending is starting to kind of set in for me, Anthony, um, that – I, I think Duke's going to do it, and it's going to be a, a, a run that was practically scripted. Kentucky loses in the first round in embarrassing fashion, one of the worst upsets in, in history. That school goes on to take on UNC in the uh, Elite Eight, so it will either be the biggest you know, David versus Goliath matchup or it will be the first time Duke and UNC play each other in the Final Four Either way, it's a historic matchup. And then they would go on to probably take on maybe Villanova, but likely Kansas, who just overtook Kentucky in the all-time wins list. It just feels like this whole thing's been scripted, and we're living in a simulation, Anthony. Uh, yeah, I'm with you on that. I've, I've always felt like sports are fixed to a certain extent. Uh, there's a lot of money to be made for certain topics. There's a lot of money to be made for viewing audiences and, and things as such. Um, I'm not going to go down the road. We went down a couple, couple weeks ago, well, a couple months ago at this point. But uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't mind that. But we had an opportunity to win. If it would have been us in the in, in the final four, it'd be a whole another story. But we laid it in. We didn't make it there. So at this point, I'm, I don't really, I don't really have a horse in the race right now. Larry, it could have been Kentucky versus UNC with a chance to take on Duke in the final four 
and then potentially taking on Kansas, who is fighting, who at the, if Kentucky had kept on winning, fighting neck and neck with uh, the Cats for the all-time wins list. I uh, felt like that was that was what was scripted, but I, I feel like the basketball gods certainly accepted a, uh, a historic loss on Kentucky's end with St. Peter's, and then uh, it just feels that this UNC UNC Duke matchup in the Final Four just feels inevitable. And I just I, how how beautiful would it be if it gets to that point that it's scripted the way that it is? It's just built built up, made for this moment, and then UNC comes c- crashing Coach K's hopes and dreams one last time. He ends. Coach K's home career with a loss to close out the season and then to do it again uh, in the NCAA tournament. What a dream that would be, Larry. Now, now, now wait a minute, Jack. Let's don't count the Peacocks out. I sure as heck am. I, just like I was from day one. I, uh, I just I can't believe that this, this is happening. I just I truly can't. I've ordered a Peacock shirt myself. Wait a minute. How are you I, mad at these little guys? How are you mad at the little guys making a deep run? Like how are you, how are you not giving them respect? Okay, the first time they beat Kentucky, now they're now they're you know made it to this point. You still can't give these cats no respect. I I respect the the heck out of what they're doing. I don't. What I, I, I'm calling myself a moron because oh, okay. I went on every public platform that I had the day before when I watched them in their open scrimmage and they looked awful. Underline exclamation mark awful. And I went on my podcast, I wrote about it, I said on this show that Sunday afterward, uh, Twitter, every social media platform I have, I said, man, St. Peter's is awful. I mean, they, they were missing shots, they were you know, fumbling the ball out of bounds, missing dunks, missing layups, couldn't make a shot, they were small, they were tiny, thin, weren't coached, you know, and then come to find out their coach wasn't even in, uh, in that open practice, which does kind of make a whole lot of sense. <laughs> but I, I just looked so stupid. After the fact, knowing what, what unfolded, and then as each win keeps – I mean, I was sitting there, I was watching that game against Purdue, and I was like, go figure. Go figure the team that I thought looked horrible beforehand is now going to the Elite Eight with a chance to go to the Final Four with a win over eight-seed UNC. That, just, that, that is my point. I absolutely – I respect the heck out of what they're doing. And, and I, there was a caller earlier uh, talking about where uh, Holloway could go as a head coach now. If you know, somebody's going to pluck him somewhere, there's a lot of talk about Seton Hall potentially taking him and, and uh, staying up in that area. So nothing, nothing but respect for St. Peter's. It's more so uh, hurting myself for how stupid I sounded uh, before and after that. I'll take you beating yourself up any day of the week. The beatdown you just gave yourself, I'll take that as a, in a, as a apology. It's it's definitely a learning moment. But yeah, there's a a lot of frustration. And Larry, before we get to our next break, Dalton asked about Mike Bray. What you think of of the possibility of Mike Bray being Cal's successor? I, you know, I like Mike oh, Bray. I know you. he's I know he's a good dude, but just curious what you thought about that. No, thank you. <laughs> I'd rather have Shaheen Holloway. I I wouldn't I wouldn't mind that at all. Just the, I, I love the love that Holloway is getting uh, in national circles. Just how hard he coaches. How well, I mean, there are people that were like, man, if Cal if Cal had run some of these sets and and how organized this team looks, and especially in crunch time situations, how they just kind of seem to put it all together and mesh so well, and the chemistry is so strong. Uh, there are a lot of people that are like, man, if Cal had run half the stuff that, that she, uh, Holloway ran, then then they would have blown out St. Peter's. Yeah, I've heard a few of those comments too. But St. Peter's is fun to watch, and I'm telling you, I think they can think they can guard North Carolina's guards and of Caleb Love. I mean, sometimes he's brilliant, 
Sometimes he's not so brilliant. So I'm still holding out. I believe the Peacocks can win today. Goodness gracious. I, I That would be the upset of the century. I mean, it, it was already the upset of the century, but to for them to go to the Final Four – and, and Kentucky being the reason it did, it, it kind of started, that run started. <laughs> oh, man, I, Anthony, real quick before break, there's uh, somebody asked me on Twitter, uh, would it make you feel better or worse if they make the Final Four you know, about, about Kentucky's loss? Really? Better, yeah. Interesting. Well, after the break, we will have UK volleyball coach Craig Skinner on to talk about Kentucky versus Louisville. Plenty of good stuff here to come. We'll see you after the break. You're listening to Stockyards Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk on 630 WLAP. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.